Lions 31, Giants 18. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by Seeky. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Panic. Only the third losing podcast of the year. And I'll be honest, it's still just, it always feels bad. Um, we're going to break it all down. What happened on offense, defensive issues. Um, but Justin, I kind of want to get sports radio on on the beginning of this podcast and, and start it in a way we usually want it. Because this is one of the times where, like, you know, radio people, whoever, like, they're right. And it's it's the thing that bothers me the most from this game, from going into this game, and then coming out of this game, which I think is the biggest issue. And that's the fact that Adoria Jackson probably has an MCL spring and is probably going to miss three to five games. You know, we don't have – Jordan uh, Schultz reported it. Um, you know, nothing official yet besides that report, and that was very quick after, so I'm not 100% buying into that. And His x-rays have- came back negative. Yeah, we'll probably have more news on that when you're listening to this podcast. But nonetheless, putting him back at punt return was insane. And that is not revisionist history. Justin, we talk about it all the time. First year head coach win you know, winning Brian Dable, like he's the he's you know, he's beloved by Giants fans, and I think deservedly so. When Adora Jackson, when it's like they're gonna let him be the punt returner, we came out and said, like, this is dumb. Like, the risk does not read the reward. And there was not, like, a single Giants fan who, like, came after us. So everybody, like, everybody saw this coming. The fact that this guy, one, is so important to your defense. It's essentially the most important piece on your defense. Probably your second best player after Dexter Lawrence. But the most important piece on your defense, because there's no depth at that spot. And it's just, you need him to, like, what he does for the defense is huge. And even more so when Xavier McKinney's out out for, you know, for however long. Like, there's no safety help over the top. Okay, there's or at least not really good safety help over the top. So now... We are in a bad situation if Adoree Jackson is missing games. And for what, Justin? What is the reward of putting him back there as yeah, a punt what, Was it worth it? Was it really no. worth it? Even if you get – it's just – the when they had their meetings about this, what was the reward part of this, of, of Richie James not fumbling it? Because you can find guys that don't fumble, that aren't going to fumble a punt return, you know. Like David Sills has been a healthy – like because they can't get rid of Richie James because he's their backup slot wide receiver. Guess what? You could get rid of David Sills. He's been a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks. You know, you have Cleo Pimpleton on the practice squad. I don't know if he can hold on to the ball. But there's punt returners out there who can hold on to the ball. The same way the Giants picked up Farrell Cooper last year when uh, when Jabril Peppers uh, got injured. So, this was totally avoidable. This was totally avoidable for a guy who misses games every single year. And it was so important to your defense that now we're, we're going to be missing him. And we're going to break down the offense, defense, and do all this stuff. But this is the time where it's like, man, this is just that was an egregious decision, uh, and that, there is no revisionist history. That is not hindsight. That from the start was an insane decision from this Giants coaching staff. Besides Andrew Thomas, who's the one player on the roster we said heading into this season, not knowing that the Giants would be seven and two, seven and three, have a great season. Who is the one player that we said the Giants cannot lose this year? Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson. Not only did they lose Adoree Jackson today, Fabian Moreau had a rib injury. Who knows how long he'll be out for. So now we had Cordell Flott rotating in with Darnay Holmes, Nick McLeod, who wears like a safety number. Rodarius Williams. Rodarius Williams. Hello. Welcome back. Um, you know, good chance you'll be, uh, you know, if this, uh, if this lasts long enough, good chance you'll be covering uh, Justin Jefferson on Christmas Eve. But until then... Here's Terry McLaurin. Here's A.J. Brown. 
Um, here's uh, CD Lamb. Lamb. Here's CD Lamb next week on Thanksgiving. Uh, have a ball. All because Adoree Jackson had to take a hit that he would never take, by the way. Brian Dable said it's football. Um, I call BS. When is Adoree Jackson taking a hit like that unless I guess he's returning an interception back? When is yeah. he ever taking a hit like that? And even then, as an interception turn, you're probably not going to take a hit like that. Um, Maybe. Like, yeah, that was, again, that's just an that's an egregious decision. There's coaching decisions that you may not agree with or this. And, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about some of that in this game, you know. But it's like, okay, what well, this was the thinking behind this. I cannot understand why they ever thought that this was going to be a good idea. And I get okay, it this from isn't, the This isn't of... Deion Sanders. This isn't Woodson, guys that just do this. This right. is Adora Jackson, who had issues in Tennessee re- returning punch, too, by the way, holding on to the ball. So it's not like he's Mr. Sure-handed. I know he was great at USC doing this. Doing this. Um, Didn't he have past yeah. knee issues, too? Injury, Yeah, injury <laughs> issues every single year. And and is like the essentially the most important player in your defense. And now he's but just it's gone. also like you know like this could this could be a season tanking injury. Oh yeah, well well Bobby, I was in the stands and I turned to my buddy David, and I was like Dave, you know even if Adoree Jackson like best case scenario is out two three weeks right I feel like that's best case scenario if he's out just a couple weeks, which there's only a couple weeks left of the season. I turned to him and I said I know this is being dramatic right now, but I feel like the season's over. Which, that is a dramatic take, and I'm going to look back on that Monday and be like, ah, it's season not over, you still have a lot of games left, but again, you lose a Dory Jackson. It's not like this is Darius Slayton back there, where Darius Slayton's your wide receiver one. I would still, I would rather have Darius Slayton back there. I would have rather had Wando Ramza back there. I would have rather had so many of other of these skill position players. Even I would have rather have, we, how many times have we seen the last couple of years Darnay Holmes taking punt returns in camp? I would, have, I would rather have Darnay Holmes back there. You know, just out of all these guys that you can name, so much of them were better suited for the spot than Adoree Jackson, just simply because if they were to get hurt, it is not going to virtually end your season. Even a guy like Alex Bachman, like, yeah, I know he just signed with the Texans practice squad, but could have signed him to return punts. You know, there's a lot of guys out there who can return punts, you know, yeah. and it's, it's not about, well, how good are they as punt returns? It's kind of like, it's... Being a punt returner is about is, be, is about not being bad, not necessarily being great. Like obviously, there's some great ones out there, but yeah, I mean that's that man. That's a, that's just a huge, huge injury for this giant season. Yeah. Like, and, and as the schedule is about to get tough, like that's that's rough, man. And, and we'll talk about we'll talk about when we get to the defensive seg, uh, portion of this show. How it if it had it made a difference on this game as well too. Yeah. So. But I wanted to start off with that because, like, that has just been on my mind all day. Because, like, are you got to be kidding me. Like, it's, and as soon as he caught the punt, too, I'm like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Yep. And then it's just like, of course, of course that he gets hurt on this on this punt return. To was it worth five it? Yards. No, it was not worth it. <laughs> no. Uh, let's talk about, let's get into the offense, though, and we'll, we talk about offense and defense on the pod. Um, you were at the game. I was, I was watching at home. Um. Nothing really worked well offensively. Obviously, the Daniel Jones turnovers, but the I mean the you know we can talk about run pass all that stuff. A day where Saquon Barkley has fifteen carries for twenty two yards, one point eight yards per carry. Uh not many teams are going to have success with a rushing game like that. The Giants, especially not. You know, like their running game was pretty pitiful today. No, and this Giants this Giants team isn't going to have success if they can't. 
at least be somewhat efficient on the ground. I mean, I, you know, you could talk about the first down splits, second down splits of when they throw the ball, run the ball, which I'm going to, but flat out, if this Giants team can't sustain any kind of running game, they're not going to have success this year. It's just not going to happen. And and this team is really missing Daniel Bellinger. And it showed up today because you just don't have a two-way tight end on the team who can block and be a, like but here's a, my a question, good though, Bobby. the receiving game. I, I, yes, they are missing Daniel Bellinger. But why the sudden change to just putting Lawrence Cager out there on running downs? Why why that sudden change? Because Chris Myrick, I understand he's not maybe not the best blocker, maybe not as good of a blocker as Daniel Bellinger, but like they just suddenly made that change where Lawrence Cager became tight end one, where I feel like Chris Myrick can he's not a liability when you have him out there versus Lawrence Cager is converting, he is a convert from wide receiver. Yeah, and I don't think Cager even totally like blew up the run game a ton, but he was bad. Week. Like like yeah, he did last week. So they this was the first game where they won, they ran mostly out of eleven personnel, which is three wide receivers, one tight end, one back. Not only did they do it mostly, every single Saquon Barkley carry was out of eleven personnel in this game. You know, and Cager was out there for eleven of those fifteen carries. On the Cager carries, he was eleven for eight. Again, that's not all on Cager, but there was a couple times. And then when they had Nick Gates or Chris Myrick as the tight end out there, Saquon had four carries for 14 yards. So, you know, a difference of 0.7 yards per carry and three and a half yards per carry, which is a huge difference. Um, yeah, I. so the reason I think they got away from the two tight end stuff is because it's like, well, you're bringing in this heavy personnel and you essentially have a wide receiver and Lawrence Cager out there blocking. It's not helping. So I can understand them going to left, but... Like like you, why have Lawrence Cager out there? Like yeah. Lawrence Cager, I think, is more of an issue as a blocker than Chris Myrick is as a wide receiver. Like Chris Myrick, you know, he's not he's not gonna be the receiving threat that Lawrence Cager is, and I know that I get why they did it, but with hindsight, you'd be better off throwing Chris Myrick out there and having some blocking ability. Or and because they threw they were running out of shotgun eleven personnel, I think they were trying to get to some of the read option stuff too, which did work with Daniel Jones. They were just zone blocking, and the offensive line was horrible with zone blocking. Uh, namely, John Feliciano. Like, Feliciano was, I think, the biggest culprit for the run game being bad. All right, yeah, because I was going to ask you two different questions. One, why was the running game so bad today? Because honestly, I I don't think Detroit was, like, stacking the box. I, I don't think that was it. I know Shane Lemieux they did. was... They, they, they were? Okay. Yeah, if you look at NFL Next Gen... It'll say like he didn't face eight man boxes, but when you have six men, in, when they have seven men in the box versus eleven personnel, well, that's a stacked box. Yeah, it's, it's a stacked box. Eight man box. Okay. Um, um, all right, so that's so that's good to know. So that's where you know you gotta differentiate the next gen stuff from the eye test, and you know just play a numbers game. Seven guys on defense versus five offensive linemen, right? So, what? All right, so let me just let's just start there. Besides John Feliciano, we know Shane the Mew had a bad bad game. He was benched in like the first half. Why was the running game just not successful? Lawrence Cager, we talked about that. A lot with Feliciano, some with Cager and stuff, and just they were flowing in versus the zone, you know, and they had they had gap advantages. Parrot had a really bad block. Um, the first play of the game, I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, it was weird. Yeah, and, and Saquon also looked a little hesitant, too. Like, this was the first game where Saquon looked a little hesitant. Um you know, I where Saquon's his best is when the when you're running gap stuff, pin and pull, and it's just like, all right, this is your gap, go and hit it. Today it was he looked a little too hesitant. Um 
And then here's my second question to you. And they're running out of the gun, and it was, you know, I think that force that makes Saquon a little more hesitant just in general when you put him behind center, when you know, behind the quarterback. Um, I think there was a lot of factors, but I think that ma- mainly it was just they were playing versus stack boxes, running zone, uh, running zone, and our offensive line was not good blocking zone. Yeah, well, playing stack box is a better argument for throwing the ball, especially on early downs. We'll t- again, we'll talk about that, but I want to stick with the running game. Second question I have for you. Um, there certainly was, there seemed to be a lot of plays where Daniel Jones had a read option. Now, did you think that there were opportunities for him to pull it? Um, or do you think that he did a good job of sensing when the edge defender was sticking with their edge, sticking with their gaps, and then just handing the ball off to Saquon? The the the. Edge rushers played it pretty honest besides, and then if they didn't, DJ did hold it. There was a couple times where it's like, maybe he can hold it, but it's, it's not like a, okay, he needs to hold it because it's a hold it. Like he can maybe outrush, get him beat into the corner. Like that fourth and one was an example of one where it's like, maybe he holds it. Maybe he doesn't. And he holds it on that. And he just beats the guy to the corner, but you don't, you don't want to have your read option work living and dying on Daniel Jones beating yeah. a guy to the corner and the receiver having a really good block as well. Daniel Jones so. also doesn't make people miss. That's not part of his game. So if he's like one-on-one versus an edge rusher, it's not like, you know, Lamar's out here, Hurts is, you know, it's not like another, you know, quarterback that can make guys miss in the open field. That's not what Jones does. He's very fast, um, but not going to make guys miss. Right. Um, Talk about the run-pass ratio, because I know that's something you want to talk about. Yeah, um, you know, it's just, again, it's something I want to talk about. I don't really have a strong point. Like I said, if the Giants' running game wasn't working in this game, and it just flat-out wasn't working, doesn't doesn't really matter what down it is, Giants weren't going to win this game. That's how they stay on schedule on offense. They don't produce passing plays of 20-plus yards consistently to keep themselves in games. So, uh, Giants on first down versus the Lions through the first seven drives of the game, not counting the final drive of the first half that basically they, I think they just went three and out. So running plays, they had 10 runs of 17 yards, 1.7 yards per carry on first down passing. They went three for five, 54 yards, 18 yards per completion. And all three completions went for 15 plus yards. Pretty sure they went to three different receivers as well. The interceptions really hurt. I mean, that's what I really think kind of defines this game. The giants had a six, three lead, uh, the Aiden Hutchison interception what happened on a second down, um, you know, an early down pass attempt, you know, first and second down or early downs. Uh, second down pass attempt, Giants had a 6-3 lead, line scored touchdown, Giants didn't have the lead uh, uh, after that. But um, throwing the ball on first down was working, and all three of those pass completions through the first seven drives went for 15-plus yards. Um, big plays that the Giants offense kind of desperately needs, and they don't get super often. And they had a lot more runs on first down that went for negative or no yards versus pass plays that maybe could have gone for definitely more than what the running game was doing. Here's my rebuttal to that, though, is that I don't think that has had really much impact at all on the how the Giants offense worked today. The I mean, you don't think that if game, they, yes. you don't wait, no, wait, you don't think if they chose to throw the ball on first down more that it would have an impact on the game? 10 runs no, of 17 yards? Well, one, Saquon only had 10 carries in the first half. That's not a lot. Um, and they they're they're a team that has to run the ball. And I went through those drives. The first drive they hit, they lose yards on the first down run. They punt three and out. Okay, you got a point there. The second drive they score a touchdown. The third drive they have a four yard run on first down. That's successful. They get to third and three. Then they have a penalty that puts them on third and eight. And and they have threw the ball on second down. That's not on on the run game. 
the third drive or the fourth drive interception. Um, the fifth drive, I, I got little squiggly notes, but it wasn't. I, it wasn't like a Saquon Barkley. You know, only gets one or two yards runs on first down. Fifth then drive, the fifth, not his. fifth drive, fifth drive. They had a pass play of 19 yards on first down. Then they had an incompletion. Then on second down, they had a pass play of 13 yards. First down, they had a Wandale run of four yards. Then second down, they had a Jones run of one yard, and then that was the drive. On which drive? The the fifth drive that you're talking about. The fifth drive. One, two, three. So after the interception. Yep, after the interception, and then the seventh drive. Um. The seventh drive, and this is after. So yeah, I mean, they got four yards on first down. That's good running the ball, and that was with Wandale, not Saquon. Second down, uh, you know. No, but the point is, the point Jones, is, is that Jones, the, I mean, when Jones you're throwing the ball, a passing play, third when down, you're throwing the ball for fifth, when you're throwing the ball for fifteen plus yards on first down, that's something that's working. I get your. This is a run first team. I get you're trying to establish that, you know, in a game where again, this is a run first team. Where that's and I don't think it had it wouldn't have mattered in this game. It just wouldn't have mattered. Like yeah, the, inter- I, the I interceptions, think... the interceptions define the game because the Lions got fourteen points off those interceptions. That's what defined the game more than anything. Yeah, but, but I that, adamantly, you... but I adamantly disagree with your point of oh, just so they should just they never run the ball on first down. The, no, the Saquon Barkley no. New York Giants should never run the ball on first down. Even no, when I literally started. I started off this. I started off this conversation by saying, doesn't matter. The, it, this game doesn't matter if the Giants can't run the ball. But you saying that, oh, it didn't – just 15 yards averaging that per completion on first down doesn't matter. I, I yeah, think but you that's act a bad like that, point. They're, they're not going to average 15 yards on every first down pass. So you uh, you can't take away a, a successful first down run because it doesn't get you 16 yards. All right. Like, like in, And again, I went through all those drives and – the, really, the, only, the the first drive is the only one where it's like, yeah, first down run really screwed that drive. Because but a first it, down know, pass, the, the, but a first down pass puts you in a much better spot. Maybe I mean there was two incompletions. Those are two negative. Those are two now. Those are two second and tens. Well, you're, you're correct. You are correct. But the interceptions define this game, no matter what. Right. Yeah. So I, I have no problem with the run pass ratio on first down this game. Like you can't. Yeah, it just I, goes I, for two yards per attempt. Last last week I absolutely did, um, but like, but they had two incompletions. Like those are that's a lot worse than a, a you know a four or five yard run, which they had some of those. Which on they first didn't down. get. They didn't. They barely got four or five yard runs, and they only started to get those four yard runs when they had success on first down throwing the ball. But I mean, I'm telling you, I went through all the drives and yeah, I did running, too. I mean, how do you th- think I came up with the but stats? But I'm saying, but but go through them and the running the ball on first down didn't prohibit their drives at all. Besides the first drive of the game. All right, but like I said, the interceptions just define the game. So let's get to that. I mean, the, like the 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 interception to you know Joseph on that on that on that series, it was a first down pass, second down uh, first down pass, and then he throws the interception on fourth and five. Yep. Um. You know, so with Daniel Jones, I mean, Daniel Jones played bad in this game. Obviously, I thought both interceptions were pretty bad too. You know, not the, not the what the hell are you doing interceptions, but bad interceptions. You know, the the Hutch one, you could say it's a great play, good job by the Lions dropping Hutchinson back in the coverage. Hutchinson was right in his his line of view. You know, that wasn't like T.J. Watt intercepting the ball versus you know when we played the Steelers in Week One. Versus Evan Ingram, where he just pops out. It's like that's just a hell of a play. You can't really be mad at Daniel Jones on that. Like he he pops out and yeah, it's a defensive end, 
But Daniel Jones has his back turned because it's under center play action. He flips his head and Hutchinson's already in his drop. So it doesn't matter if he wears number 97. He's in a linebacker spot right there, right there in the side of view. You wait like a, a snap of your finger and you can get that ball past him. Like that was either Jones rushing it. Uh, I don't, it, it's, it's, it'd be worrisome if he just didn't flat out see it. Or it's D, or it's DJ trying to was trying to get that rush that before you know the corner from the left sideline was able to make a play on on Slayton. Looked very similar to the one that didn't count in Jacksonville. Well, that was the RPO, like that. See, like if 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 that one in Jacksonville counted, I wouldn't have been too mad at Daniel Jones. That was just Devin Lloyd making a great play reading an RPO. This was under center. Turn your head. There's a linebacker right in your line of view. And he just pulls the trigger, whether it's whether he didn't miss him or he pulled the trigger a half a second too early. It's like a it's a bad interception by DJ. Yeah, yeah I mean it. It's just a shame that him throwing an interception was going to happen eventually. Yeah, he had the longest streak in the NFL of not throwing an interception, and in a game where the running game wasn't working and you needed to rely on the running, uh, you needed to rely on the passing game a little bit more. It's just a shame that it came in this game and it led to you know two interceptions led to fourteen points on the lines, and I think that. That tells you the game right there. So yeah, one of the interceptions, the, the Hodgins fumble actually led to a touchdown. Um, so, but you know that was a huge play. And then the second one, the Hodgins or not the Hodgins to Cager, it that was fourth down. It was actually was like the decision. It was the throw to make, and he just floated it. Like he just floated it. He put like one. I don't know why he put touch on that. Anyways, it's not like it was a deep ball. It's like should have put some zip on that. Uh, and even then, I don't know if it's completed. It's gonna be a bang bang play. But at least you gave Cager a chance. He just floated it, and you have an interception, and that was a huge like that's you know that's essentially points off the board. Um, but I don't know if that's converted either, so I'm not gonna I'm, I'm I'm not worried about Jones missing throws a ton, so I'm not as mad about that one. But the Hutchinson one, I mean, like you said, the Lions scored 31 points. Two, uh, you know, 14 of those 31 came off of an 18 yard drive after the Hutchinson interception, and then another seven happened after uh, a 30, you know. Uh, a 33 yard drive uh, off a Hodgins fumble where the game was still in chance there. Like that, like they score on that drive and they move the, you know, DJ had a nice third down throw on that, you know, not, not crazy to say they score on that drive. You got yourself a one possession game with six, seven minutes left in the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm going in the halftime and I'm still feeling like the giants are in this game. You know, I didn't, I don't feel like the lions were really, I mean, this is even just from, Start to finish. I don't feel like feel like the Lions just fully just outplayed the Giants. I mean, it was just so many. I mean, I think there were seven penalties in the first half. I mean, special teams mistakes. You know, yeah, Graham Gano, you know, missing some extra points. I know he wasn't feeling great to start the game. Kind of, I'm sure he's feeling like I am right now. Need a little bit, few more IVs than I needed. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, just a sloppy game all around. Yeah, there's like, you know, what's crazy is. The receivers were really the only position group that played well for the Giants today. Like I thought, all the besides Hodgins fumbling, the receivers played well. Uh, Slayton had five catches for eighty-six yards. I know he had to drop at the end of the game, but that was not super. Uh, you know, that was a little inconsequential. Wandale Robinson, first Giants receiver to have a hundred yards in a game, nine catches for a hundred yards on that play, Justin. Uh, while we're recording this, there's reports that it's there's a fear that it's serious. Wandale put an Instagram story out with the sad face. I think Wandale's done for the year, which would be his, you know, his third injury. Essentially, his third injury of the season, missing the season, like that's a huge, that's a that's an issue for 
a, a wide receiver's rookie season who's five foot eight. Like as as the as the Giants build and look to add through the wide receiver group going forward, and our dumbass producer has a smirk on his face while we talk about the wide receiver group. Uh, I like, just I just didn't think you needed to slip the five foot eight part in there. You know, you're all oh okay okay. Uh, um, well, it matters with injuries, so I just think. How much are you betting on Wandale Robinson coming off of possibly a ACL or, or whatever it is when when we do find out? Yeah, there's a reason why this loss sucks a lot more than just the game. I mean, I think the injuries to Adoree and Wandale kind of as the two headline headline pieces there, I think that's that is the bigger loss in this game than the actual game itself. 100%. Especially Wandale. Like I, this is the first game where you really felt like he was center point, little bit of a focal point of the offense. Like, oh, this is why you take a guy top 50, you know, to take these little intermediate swing passes, whatever, just little dump offs at the line of scrimmage. And it's a solid five, six, seven yard gain on first down, or it's a third down and he beats this guy to the sticks. You know, even, even I think he broke a tackle this game too. So he saw some of the things that Wandale could do, um, had that first 100 yard game as a receiver. And now goodbye, hopefully see you next year heal up. Yeah, and the Slayton 5 for 86. I want to ask you this. You were there. Explain to me Kenny Galladay catching a pass, how oh. just the, the stadium erupted, it seemed like. We listened to Carl Banks. Carl Banks wanted us to cheer nicely for Kenny Galladay. And it, it, was, it wasn't like an eruption, but it was like if 80,000 people were watching Phil Mickelson put in a putt. Like, it yeah. seemed like a sarcastic cheer, too. Oh, very much. Very much so. Yes. Very much so. I'm sure uh, it made I, him feel good, though. I wanted a garbage time touchdown for him so bad at the end. Um, so he had two catches for 29. So I actually thought the wide receiver room stepped up besides the Hodgins fumble. That was um, a big 15-yard catch, though, that he had on that he had on second down. Yeah. Yeah. They. I think they had, they had a second or first and 20 or second and 20, I think it was. He gets a you know a fifteen yard catch. Yeah. They were able to move the move the sticks after. I that. I think there was a big first down play, first down catch, but then it was an OPI. Oh, another first down, ca- another big yeah, first down the, play. It was by the the, way. the rub route on on uh, Hodgins. Yeah, another another first down pass attempt that did well, but then it was called back for OPI. So then why not throw it again? And then boom, it did well. Let's talk about uh, the offensive line. So Lemieux got his first start, first time playing in the NFL since week one of twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Ah. He looked really bad, and then they benched him. Justin, I had no idea Zudu was, like, ready to play. You know, and after that first drive of the game where he gave the sack, he didn't have, he gave up a pressure on second down, I went and looked at the inactive list. I was like, wait, is Josh Zudu active? Like, because they yeah. had healthy scratches. And I'm like, and it was, I think it was my first tweet of the game was, like, I wonder if how quick they would go to Zudu. Like, they, they have healthy scratches, and Zudu's active. Like, I don't know why if Azuda was willing, ready to go in in the second half. You know they weren't babying, and you know they, it wasn't injured, but it was good enough to play in the second half. I'm very shocked that they threw Lemieux out there. He must have looked good in practice. I mean, I, I that's bizarre. I mean, I wish I can give you more of a take. I mean, if if we we're able to see him in practice and how he looks and how he's moving, but clearly just wasn't ready. Wasn't ready to rock and roll. I would take a fully health. That here's the issue: we haven't gotten a fully healthy Lemieux. We don't know what a fully healthy Lemieux, Lemieux looks like. Because when we see fully healthy Lemieux, it either doesn't count because it's during camp, or it's 20 snap versus Denver week one, 
And that's the issue with Shane Lemieux is that we just don't we don't know what we do know from Shane Lemieux when he's fully healthy is his rookie season. He was really bad in pass pro. And then lo and behold, some of the struggles that I think he had his rookie year of kind of facing you know a little bit, maybe a little bit more speed. I mean, he just wasn't moving. I don't think he was moving his feet. I mean, you probably can see it a little bit better, a little bit better than I did, but just wasn't ready. Yeah. And I don't want to totally write him off as a player because, you know, Bredesen week one was pretty damn bad. And he he turned it around through the season, but that's why going in when you know we go through mailbag questions talking about the offensive line, it's like I'm, I, there's no way I'm going to call. I will as much as I can't stand Glowinski, I'm not going to call for Lemieux. It's like we haven't seen the guy play since you know 2000, you know 21. Where he I was, was disappointed. On it. I was I was expecting. I, I was, was expecting. Ex- I was intrigued. I was intrigued to see what he's hat, see what he looked like. But I also was like, well, why? I would have never been willing to. Bench him over, bench a healthy Josh Azudo over him because Azudo hasn't been horrible in pass pro the last couple weeks. He hasn't been really good, but hasn't been horrible. And you just draft him in the third round. He has a better profile to be a good offensive lineman. Like I, that was sh- that was shocking to me. Like I, I, the re- I thought I was intrigued to see Lemieux play because I thought Azudo wasn't going to be available. I didn't know that they were going to be he was available for like not just an emergency situation, right. but to be benched. Like Lemieux to be benching Azuda to go in. Yeah, it was after we taped our preview pod, and then Friday, both Wandale, who tough, Wandale maybe shouldn't have been trending towards the right direction. Wandale and Azudu were trending in the right direction, and that was unexpected because I thought, you know, usually you don't practice Thursday, you don't play. So, um, before we get to the rest of the offensive line, I want to talk about something. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, it's my go to betting. On this NFL season, and especially during this holiday season with same-game parlays, they got easy and fast payouts, player prop bets. You got all the options in the world. Right now, new customers can bet just $500 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. I think, hope, if the rushing total for Daniel Jones was like in the 40s, you got a hit. Got over this past game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code JOHNBOY. Place $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHNBOY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Last thing on the offensive on off the offensive line, the offense in general, Feliciano went out of the game. Nick Gates went to center, and he looked like a better player than Feliciano. And it was the first time we got to see him in pass pro. He had like some dominant reps too, you know, a couple of little iffy ones, not like horrendous ones where he got beat horribly, but a couple of iffy ones. Um, but he was he looked good. Like I so now I've went from like uh, you know I I kind of want to see Nick Gates center to where now I'm like I I I am. The Nick Gates should be the starting center Thursday versus the Cowboys. Not a, I would like to. Like, he should be the starting center versus the Cowboys on Thursday. He's younger. Feliciano is not good. Feliciano was a huge issue today. And I, yeah, listen, I'm not going to come out here and say Nick Gates is going to come back and be all, he's going to be the same level of player. But I, I am confident he'll be better than John Feliciano. He's younger. He provides more potential. Nick Gates should be the Giants starting center for the rest of the season. Did he play the entire second half? No, I played from the like the two minutes left in the third quarter. Okay, uh, to the end of the game, and there were some run reps in there too, you know. And he had some nastiness about him, obviously. Uh, like he he's just a better he's a better center 
than John Feliciano. There was one play in pass row where it's like maybe they messed up the blitz pickup, but even I have to go back and like watch it from the all 22 angle to make sure. But like he he was by far a better pass blocker than Feliciano and and a better run blocker because Feliciano was horrible in the run today. Yeah, the big question was can you have the strength to hold up in your legs? And that's the big thing with Nick Gates, you know, because his leg, you know, that's the thing that he had a major injury to. Can you hold up in your strength and pass pro when you're not leaning on guys? You know, when you're in the run game, especially as this jumbo tight end, most of the time you're kind of leaning on guys, um, going in pre-snap motion. You know, he had that running start to kind of hit dudes too. Um, so that was the big test. And at least the one clip that you posted, I didn't get a chance to fully watch him because my brain was kind of elsewhere once the Dory Jackson got hurt. But you posted that one play where Nick Gates is at the line of scrimmage holding his dude down in pass pro. Hand placement, awesome. Feet balanced. Strength holding up in the legs. Everybody else is behind the line of scrimmage, you know, getting beat, doing whatever they're doing, and Nick Gates is holding strong right at the line of scrimmage. So that was really cool to see, and I agree with you. Like, I think Nick Nick Gates kind of showed and proved that, you know, he deserves to be in there over Feliciano. Yeah, Nick Gates for center 2022. The campaign is totally back on. Um, Defense. Do you have anything else on the offense before we move on? Andrew Thomas looked awesome. If there, yeah. there you go. Consolation. <laughs> O-line report this week will be Lem- Matt Parrott was back after. He didn't look. Oh, yeah. He had a bad run rep, but in pass pro, he didn't look horrible. Um, so this week, O-line report will be Gage, Lemieux, Parrott, and probably a little Thomas. It's going to be like 2020 all over yeah. again. Who should have been starting at center full-time anyway last year, Nick Gates, and who should have been starting at right tackle full-time anyway, Matt Parrott? Back. Like, this is, I mean, we, uh, next next week's O-line report is going to be like what week one of the 2021 O-line report should have been. Like, it's only missing guys, Will Hernandez. Um, Pour one out for Will Hernandez. Yeah, Ben Bredesen, too. You know, he's still floating around there, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, the defense. I don't think, even though they gave 31 points, I don't think this was some god-awful game for the defense, but it was bad. You know, you got 14 points from turnovers on an 18-yard drive and a 33-yard drive off the DJ interception, the Hodgins fumble. Uh, they gave up three points on the first uh, the f- first drive of the game, Justin, off of an O'Shane Zimenez penalty roughing the passer on third and uh, third and long. Like that's that's huge right there. Yeah. And then where the difference between this game and any other Giants defensive game so far? Well, guess what? They're the number two red zone defense in the NFL. They had five red zone trips, four touchdowns, one field goal. They're the number two third down defense in the NFL. The Lions were six for 12 on third down. They had zero sacks, three QB hits, and no turnovers. They were not able to make impact plays. And on the plays where they usually get off the field, they weren't able to, Justin. Yeah, on first and second down, too, I want to look and see the third quarter. Um, The third quarter, the Lions' first drive of the second half, they had one third down. And they scored a touchdown on that drive. So, I mean, even, you know, we talk about how good this Giants defense is in the red zone. We especially talk about how good they are in third down. You know, one of the best defenses in the league, but they're one of the worst defenses in the league on first and second down, too. You know, so it's, it's, you got to get, you got to get a team to third down in order to stop them on third down, right? So, uh, especially with Majority Jackson being out, um, and, you know, Jared Goff was able to kind of pick his way down the field. Um, I know all three running backs for the Lions, uh, all three of them did have runs of 15-plus yards, but still, 
you know, I, I don't really feel like the explosive run play got the Giants today. I thought they were able to just kind of pick their way down the field. And, you know, in order to get to those third and shorts, they were able to convert third down. Um, they kept the ball moving, especially now what's really frustrating. It's starting to really get to me. You know, uh, you have Leonard Williams, you have Dexter Lawrence, you have Kayvon Thibodeau. I know Aziz is hurt, but those guys got it. It, ha- it can't all be on Dexter Lawrence to generate pressure. It can't all be on Dexter Lawrence, where if he has a game where he only gets a QB hit, if he's, you know, Dexter Lawrence, I feel like was still solid in the run game. If there's a game where he's not getting five QB hits and a sack, a sack and a half, other guys got to pick up the slack and other guys got to win. And this Lions offensive line is really, really good. You know, like really good. And I thought Dex and Leo played good this game, but they didn't play great as pass rusher. You know, they had good moments, but they weren't, They like you said, they didn't have, you know, the five. Q, like, I think they both had a QB hit. Yeah. You know, Leonard Williams had that pressure where he just dominated Jonah Jackson uh, on the first drive of the game. Yeah, but that was really it. That was it for him. Yeah, yep. and he, he had some other uh, other decent moments. You know, I thought they both made plays in the run. Like, the best run defensive plays were Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence making stops at the line of scrimmage. Um, but they just weren't able to get great pressure. And it's not like Go- Goff didn't carve this Giants defense up. They were just able to stay on schedule. Like, Goff went 17-26 to 26 for 165 yards. He went 2-for-6 on throws of eight over uh, passes over 8 yards. So, they, one, they completed two passes over 8 air yards in this game. And then he only threw... 20 or or six like six out of 26 passes went went over eight yard air yard everything was underneath that you know so one you're not getting great dominating pressure from guys but also like they got the ball out fairly quick um and then you lose a dory jackson which is a huge part of that it just allows them to stay on schedule and work the things that what what do the lines do well in their passing game you know, one, they take the deep shots. That didn't happen versus the Giants. But it's getting the ball to Monroe uh, St. Brown quickly. St. Brown without a Dore Jackson on the field. Seven catches for 76 yards and eight targets. So you don't look at those stats and like, wow, he lit it up. But he made huge plays for them. You know, they had a first and 20 in the red zone. Catches a little five-yard hitch. Rodarius Williams misses the tackle. Now they got a second and five. They get to a third and one. They end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Uh, they have a third and seven in the third quarter. Cordell Flott has the robber safety underneath to help. Somehow he gets beat with inside leverage and gets beat on the drag route. Conversion on first down where Goff had pressure and had to roll out of the pocket, but Flott played bad on it. And I also thought both those guys were bad in run defense too, which Adoria Jackson has been underrated part of his game, has been great in run defense. So bad in run defense too, and their run defense, you know, wasn't, like you said, it wasn't gashing us. But they were able to use, you know, be efficient on high volume. Yeah, O line got their ass kicked on offense. D line got their, you know, front seven got their ass kicked on defense. And you know, just the Giants not having any reliable interior linebackers kind of bites themselves in the ass again. Well, I, I want to stick on the passing game. Sure. At, this is basically three games in a row where Kayvon doesn't do anything. Yeah, which. You know, I I understood, you know, certain times. Oh, he he's getting better. You know, there were, I, I think it was after the Jacksonville game where we had a you know we put out a clip and we set on the game reaction show. The the multi sack game for Kayvon is coming, where he had that awesome play against Baltimore, strip sack, saves the game, game winner, cold game. He had a decent amount of plays against Jacksonville, gets held around his neck, has some QB hits, pressures, awesome, great. 
But then since then, just silence. Like the the upward trajectory and the progression has stopped. And I don't even look at pressure numbers. I just look like, do you win one-on-one refs with no, tackles? No, it's just not. <laughs> the Seahawks, like, killed him. Um, you know, uh, you know, last week versus the Texans, you know, facing Larry Tunsil, but he faced the right tackle a good amount, and he's been shut out. Like, and we need that edge pressure. You know, not like Aziz Ojolari, ha- missing him, I think, has been one of the more under-talked about things for the Giants is missing like, that edge but, pressure but, from but him. But correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, the Giants had three QB hits today. Aziz Ojolari, do you really think like Aziz Ojolari coming back? And let's just say Aziz is 100% ready to go, rock and roll, boom, from day one he gets back. Does that make this Giants pass rush suddenly an above average, average pass rushing unit where these guys are going to start winning more than they're winning now? Besides Dexter Lawrence. I mean, it, he had a strip sack in the, essentially the one full game he played healthy versus the Bears. It could take a third down conversion of 6-12 to 12 and make it 4-12. Um, you know, like for example, like the, that, that they ran that cover zero look and Goff had a ton of pressure, but he was able to hang in and get that ball to Tom Kennedy. You know, that, that flot versus Amon Ross St. Brown catch I just mentioned, Aziz Jolly makes a difference in that. And if Kayvon could, like we're missing Kayvon, but again, we never like Ocean Zimenez and Jihad Ward not getting any pass rush, like wins, like Okay, like I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Right. What, what worries me a little bit is not Kayvon. having Kayvon and then Aziz not being out there. Like that, that's the difference. Like yeah. I'm not expecting wins out of Ocean Zimenez and Jihad Ward. Um, well, no, I'm just looking at the production of. You basically have 75 percent of your front four, right? You have 75 percent of your front four, and there's been too many games this year, even without Aziz Ojolari, where we're talking about. Four QB hits, three QB hits, two QB. Like, there's just uh, too many games this year. They've gotten consistent pressure with Leo and Dex almost every game. Yeah. I mean, there's been yeah. some, you know, uh, Leo and again, had his and, and five QB hit game against a, Seattle. Pass rushing is an art that where it's like four good plays change the trajectory of a game. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't need Miles Garrett dominating rep in, rep out to be happy with my pass rush. Um, she's not getting those enough. That's, that's it. No. Um, anything else in the past game I had? So yeah, and not having a door, it, it, it just let the Lions stay on schedule. And then on the opposite side, the Giants were able to stay on schedule. There was one play at all. There was one, I can't, I think this was in the second, second quarter Lions are marching down the field. Something I found to be very interesting. Giants are playing man coverage across the board. Amon Ross St. Brown goes in motion. Julian Love follows them, then points to Dane Belton that you're gonna, you're gonna get him. Found it very interesting that I and it, I don't know if this is pre or post Adori going down. I think it might have been post Adori because Adori. What I think Adori was following Amonra right, like even in the slot. He was definitely following him on the outside on the slot. They were actually throwing like these confused looks where they'd have like the safety down. Like there was like I remember there's one third down where they had Belton down covering Amonra same. I think we're we're talking about the same play because Amonra goes in motion. And Julian Love points to Dane Belton. Okay, you're going to cover him now since he's on your side. Dane Belton covers him, I think, somewhat well. I think Amon Ross still gets the catch. thought that was very interesting that they had, you know, safeties covering Amon Ross St. Brent. Yeah, they were, I think they were just trying to muddy up the reach of golf, you know, and like they had, they had Adore and like Darnay. Like they basically had three for two with like Adore and Darnay playing off and then Dane Belton playing uh, press up on Amon Ross St. Brown. Which is, I mean, some stuff I liked that they did. 
Um, and then just the run defense, like you said, Jalen Smith just got sm- I, We know the linebackers are, are an issue, so I won't go on it too crazy. In fact, we'll talk about them in a second. This episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code Giants. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. I've got the app on my phone. Uh, whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts, tic- puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. I mean, I use them to get my tickets for the Giants-Commanders game on December 4th. Come tailgate with us. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Jalen Smith just got smoked all game long. All, all game long. Like, I, I, I when I did my rewatch, I made sure in every run play to just, like, I rewind and just watch Jalen Smith on this play. He was late, and he just gets blocked. Once he gets guys, like, connected to him on a block, he does not get off of them. Like, he has no plan for disengaging. He looks a little thin, so he gets driven back. Like, even tight ends can block him. Like, he was a huge reason the run game was bad today. Run defense was bad today was Jalen Smith. Like, if there was one player on defense where it's like, point to him, he's the reason the run defense was bad. I'm pointing to Jalen Smith. Yeah, I think that's an NFL problem, too. It's not just a Giants problem. It's kind of an NFL problem. Um, I think it was a, Ra- it was a Ravens problem, too, for a couple years. I mean, he, they even drafted Patrick Queen in the first round. He wasn't that great for him. They obviously just traded for Roquan Smith, so... Linebacker spot they got upgrade. I mean, I, I don't know what to say at this point. Like I don't. I, I think you, it's you their mentioned how week. you know Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder came in, made some good plays, but all right. So Tay Crowder starts next week, and then he's gonna he's gonna allow some big plays, and he's gonna have some bad plays, and then we're gonna be back in the same old rut. Yeah, and even Tay Crowder did come in and make some good plays, but he also when Hodgins fumbled the ball, that first run they had where they got the ball down to like the one or two yard line, Taylor Decker just wrecked Tay Crowder on that play. Um, you know, but he also did come. Now, I, I would play Tay Crowder over Jalen Smith. Like, I'd like to see two young guys, him and McFadden, next to each other. Tay Crowder at least comes up and brings some pop. The issue is next week versus Dallas. They're, who No matter who's their starting linebacker next week versus Dallas, they're probably going to look bad because yeah. Dallas just kills Tay Crowder. And Jalen Smith maybe will be a little more aggressive, which I think you kind of need to be to play the Dallas run game. So maybe Jalen Smith actually is a better fit for next game. Um, but just in a... Di- Game in, game out basis. I probably would like to see Tate Crowder out there. Um, and then McFadden. McFadden had some bad plays, like that play action, and then they, you know, the, the tight end block and release. He got beat on that in the red zone. Yeah. He got called for a BS pass interference. That was like, bad. And then, and then basically, the Wandell Robinson, there was a third down Wandell Robinson incompletion. That's like, well, if you're going to call the BS on Micah McFadden, you got to call it on that. And they didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I, – I wanted them to call a pass interference on Wandale, but, like, if I was just a football fan and I saw them call pass interference on that, I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. That's horrible. But, yeah, yeah, the Michael McFadden one was BS. Also, something that the Giants need to self-scout themselves with, luckily the fullback dropped it. So, Michael McFadden is great at going and taking on fullbacks for the most part. Like, he will – he goes in full blast, you know, full head of steam. Now, what the Lions did today – is they ran play action and ran the fullback right at Mike and McFadden shows the block and then leaks out. That's oh. something they got. That's something that the Lions offensive coordinator credit to him saw on film and said, 
we're going to do a little like almost like a hesitation block and release. Um, so that's something that they've that is on film now that you'd be you know that the Dallas Cowboys will run try and run something similar next week unless they're idiots which I guess Mike McCarthy offense and Kelmore <laughs> they can be a little stubborn so but it's it's something that's on film now and we're lucky that he ended up dropping it yeah. um but Michael McFadden I thought played for a rookie you know with not huge expectations I thought he did some good stuff in the run game yeah um and hey, then, how irritable I am right now can we can let, we talk about something that makes me smile a little bit Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence being the only guys to make run stops in the run game ah um, but overall, they had 34 carries, 163 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. So, it, again, like you said, they didn't gash us, but they were just able to be efficient with high volume. You know, kind of like I kind of view the way they played similar to the way the Giants played versus the Texans last week. But he, but a little more aggressive gets golf through the ball 25 times. But like just the success on what they did was similar. Yeah, I don't, minus, I don't even minus the big plays on offense. I don't even feel like they ran a ton of like that misdirection stuff that we talk about too, right? They ran, yeah, they didn't run a ton. They but they ran some. Whatever. I mean, as as fear so as fearful as I was for their run game, they didn't live up to that hype. Um, they didn't need to. But our offense just sucked. Yeah, when you turn over the ball three times and can't run the ball, can't live up to your identity, can't stop the run. Stuff, yeah. Stuff. That's the game. Um, anything else on the game before we move on? Um, I'd love to. We are going to talk about something important, I guess, to finish off. But I want to give a shout out to everybody that I saw at the game today. I saw a ton of people. Um, I actually walked around the stadium a little bit more than I usually did, and I saw a ton of people. So if you said hi to me, thank you so much. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Johnny Five, who Johnny Five, I think he is going to be at the Commander game because I think he just saw how awesome the L16 tailgate was today. So he wants to be at the Commander game when it's going to be better, when it's going to be catered by the Candlewick Diner. But Johnny Five, J5 getting live. Check out that show because Johnny Five literally brought chairs, brought a table, brought a cooler, brought like food, brought like, you know, desserts, like Everything to the step. This is like a communal tailgate, at least as of right now, at least as of this year. This is like a communal tailgate that we got going on. And Johnny just brought all this crap for everybody. And everybody, like, enjoyed it. Everybody loved him. He hung out the entire time. Um, you know, a bunch of people from Twitter stopped by. And, you know, we all kind of, you know, made friends, met each other. It was it was very, very cool. So, shout out to Johnny5. Check out his show, J5 Getting Live Again. There was the Kadarius Tony jersey exchange between uh, him and uh, Danny King, which was awesome to see. So, shout out to Johnny5. You're an incredible dude. Uh, very fun tailgate. Yeah, just two weeks from now, I'll be up there for the Commander's Game tailgate. Um Damn, there was one thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, that's basically kind of it. I mean, well, I we well can... also, I have a theory on why we lost the game today. Go Not for a it. theory. I think this is why we lost the game. Very, very sloppy first half of the tailgate. Snacks and company dropped a bottle of Captain Morgan, shattered all over the ground. They didn't take their first shot till 10 a.m. We get there at 8 a.m. They didn't take their first shot till 10 a.m., the Bluetooth speaker that has a playlist that the playlist gets to certain landmarks with certain songs at certain times. Bluetooth speaker was dying, so our playlist rhythm was off. The entire rhythm of the first half of the tailgate was absolutely terrible, and that's when I knew that the game was going to go bad. 
I'm starting to feel the heat on the good morning posts. Yeah. Uh, like we were reading really them. Uh, I had my friends. Uh, we had a. Uh, we were reading them in the in the parking lot today, just laughing at a. Uh, this is really distasteful. You should consider taking this down. You're you're a disgrace. Go Giants, though. Like just I, those are my favorite. The ones that end with Go Giants, though, that's my favorite ones. So here's where I am conflicted is because I'm not some like a uh, hunting si- like if you hunt, I actually I don't have problem with people hunting, but I'm also someone like I don't believe in trophy hunting. Like I don't think people should trophy hunt, which is what like killing a lion absolutely is. But it's just like this is this 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 video series is literally something that was just a one off one time the start of twenty twenty. We're like we're gonna it's it's funny. Let's just run with it. It's a little bit more than a one off now. Yeah, yeah. It's just I mean that's how basically any like talking giants joke starts is by <laughs> yeah. a one off that ends up building steam. That's how the old line report started. Um. So and, and also the the end of the rest of the year won't be as lions are just like a majestic animal, so people love them more. You know, if like we if it was True. the same exact thing with like a. A boar. If there was a nope. lion in your backyard, you would hate it a lot more. Yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> when, like, so when I see that stuff, I'm like, like, when I see like, like dudes like posing with lions, killing lions, I'm like, that's kind of sucks. Like, congrats, you shot a lion. Like, you're, I don't know. Um, we photoshopped but, uh, Brian Table and Daniel Jones uh, holding up a lion. That one I don't care about. Oh, okay. but the uh, the other point point is like, but at the same time, it's like. It's just four seconds, like, you can move along, but then people are like, well, I follow you guys for giant stuff. I don't want to, like, it'd be one, like, I'm not, people aren't getting mad at hunting pages for posting that, but it's like, this is a Giants page. Um, So, I definitely see the arguments, and we're going to finish the year off strong, but this might be the last year of it. I won't cave into the people for the rest of the year, that's a fact, but I'm too stubborn for that. But this might be the last year of Good Morning Posts. Julian's mom was right? No, she wasn't right, but it's just like, I just don't feel like dealing with it. And I think I think my mom took down the good morning posts. She was the final straw. No, no, it actually not. Your mom makes me want to do it more. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's what do you what do you do for the commanders one? It's a good question. I don't know. See, when they were Washington, we literally just had like Daniel Jones shooting George Washington. Mm. In fact, that made Rich we told we told Rich Soybert that on an interview, and he was yep. just like, "You're." Like, oh, that's that's just wonderful, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite podcast moments was ta- explaining how we killed the mascots each week to Rich yeah. Soybert. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think we could also tweak it to where it's like we involve former players who do like to hunt and just like to use a green screen and have them shoot stuff. Um, Julian can get creative with it. Also, but. it's like you play the same teams, you know. So we'll, we'll see. But... The lion killing the lion really pissed people. One of the comment, one of the commenters on Instagram said, "I would really love to if this was an emoji instead." No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is I actually do care about all of our like followers and listeners, unless they're just dicks. So I see like like I don't want to like piss people off that like us, you know. Like if if I was just like you know going just for a reaction, I'm like ah you know this is what I want, but it's. I just want it because it's just funny. Like, you know, we joke about like pro violence podcasts. I don't know. Anyways, we'll see. Uh, I'm saying this after the Lions game and then week one next year versus whatever team I'm going to be killing something. So, mm. all right. That's a podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not in an hour yet. We have one more thing to talk about. What's that? Somebody is possibly going to be making a visit. Yeah, that's kind of crazy that Odell 
if if that's true that he's actually going to like the Giants are going to bring him in for a visit in physical like that is that is pretty substantial. But at the end of the day, I still think there's no way he's not going to be a Dallas Cowboy. And while I also am not going to give like I I just want to give Odell a long term contract unless it's like really cheap. And I don't I don't I don't think Odell would take that. Like I I'm I'm sorry like I'm not giving a 30 year old with his injury issues. A long-term contract, you know, and you yeah, look I agree. at his. You look at his last, you know, 2019. Obviously, was an issue with the Giants. The interview, like off the field stuff, goes to the the Browns in 2020. Was an issue there. Was asking to be traded like in game for you know to other coaches during the game. Then the then the ACL injury. The Browns play better without him, and then forces way out of Cleveland. And then he plays half of a season. Does amazing, but he's in the perfect situation as a wide receiver too. To the guy who was the number one wide receiver in the NFL last year in Cooper Cup, I'm not ready to just like be like welcome back with open arms. I, it's the injuries and stuff. I, I'm I'm just not giving a long term contract to Odell Beckham Jr. No, do I agree. You guys, do you guys still think there's a zero percent chance that he's a New York Giant? No. No, I don't think there's a zero percent chance. But I think if- there's a about a like a. I think there's like a 2% chance in my brain that he's a giant this year. If Joe Shane and Brian Dable want to be about smart, tough, dependable, which I would like to have a regime. I get it. People are going to say things and then do something else. But I would like to have a regime that sticks to their guns. And especially it seems like sticking to their guns of smart, tough, dependable has worked, right? Is Odo Beckham Jr. smart? No. Is yeah, Odo he Bo- is. You, no, I, is he, I'll is play he smart? He's smart. Yeah. He's smart? Yeah. With the with the Josina Anderson interview with Lil Wayne, I think he does dumb stuff, but he's he's a smart person. I also, I think he he does like he does stuff on purpose. That's not being a smart teammate, in my opinion. So no, I mean, that's, I, that's yeah, he, not being a good teammate, but I don't think he's dumb. I'm not saying I'm not saying dumb, but that's not being a smart teammate. Going on an interview with Josina Anderson and whatever he did in Cleveland, okay, that's not sure. smart. So I don't consider that smart. Is he tough? Sure, he's tough. Coming after, you know, coming back after those injuries. Is he dependable? No, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't get too caught up in the smart, tough dependable. It's just I'm not giving a long term contract to Odell Beckham Jr. Simple as that. I don't need to go into anything. else. But I mean, they go back on every. I think they go back on a lot of things that they have said and they've preached about. If they sign him, I do. I disagree. I don't. I don't think it's. I think you think smart, tough, dependable, they'd be going back on that. I think you look too far into like three just random, ambiguous words that they throw around. And then I think you I also think they think throw it around. I think it's part of what they think it's part of what they do. Well, sure, but you're never going to have a cookie, cu- a team full of cookie cutter players. Yeah. And it's also, I think you also think that they would be going back on like, we're not going to go all in. Like, this is about the future, not right now. And I I don't think signing Odell is about now. Like, I don't think they're signing him because they don't have any wide receivers right now and they want to make a playoff push. I think it's because they want a wide receiver for next year. Obviously, they're going to draft people, but they want to sign people in free agency. This is just early free agency, essentially. That's where I think it's a mistake because I'm not going to give a contract to Odell long term. That's that's my only issue. Like, if, if the Giants were... If the Giants were in the Cowboys situation, I would, yeah, I, I would offer him a lot. For, I want to get. I, I don't think if I was any GM, I'd give him a long term deal. But I would, if I if I had the cap space, I was Super Bowl contender. I would give him one. I would give him ten million dollars for the rest of this year. No problem. No problem. Um, 
but that's just not the giant situation. Um, so, and I, just, you know, like where the smart tough depend, like they're building a culture and then it's like, then you can bring in some, ch- you know, some swings. Um, you know, like Stefan Diggs in Minnesota, was he, he was an issue at times. I mean, remember that Giants game in 2019? Like we didn't know if Stefan Diggs was going to play because he was so yeah, pissed off. Yeah, he was going to show up. Yeah. Uh, so that's an episode. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to be doing our second ever live podcast for the preview of the, of the Cowboys game because we don't want to put it out Thursday morning because no one's going to live, listen to it on Thanksgiving. So Wednesday at like 4 o'clock, 4.15, we're going to do a live mailbag pod. We'll put it out on the podcast apps too if you, if that's how you enjoy listening to it. Um, and then obviously Friday, we'll have a pod recapping the Cowboys game and then we'll O-line report film review on everything. So uh, we appreciate you guys. We will... Uh, See you on Wednesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.